woke up quick at about noon. And we welcome you into the Tuesday, August 11th edition of the podcast with Damian Barling here on the Be Heard podcast platform. We appreciate your support of the podcast. We appreciate your support of the Be Heard platform. Make sure you check out the latest episode of the Deuce and Mo podcast as soon as you wrap up today's episode here. Uh, make sure you check out the latest episode of J Street Vibes as well as the dope ones. And if you want to copy Be Heard gear, including brand new t-shirts for J Street Vibes and the Deuce and Mo podcast, make sure you head over to the dopeones.com use the promo code AUG1 August 1 AUG1 that'll get you 20% off of your order again we got brand new gear there uh, that we would absolutely love for you to check out uh, we got a basketball game today tonight guess some semblance of a basketball game TNT has managed to schedule the Sacramento Kings versus the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, I understand when they were putting this television schedule together, I can understand the lure of this game. You've got two franchises that you think, you think might be in the hunt. You think that they might. Here we are on the, I hate this word, but I use it all the time. It is, it's, it's one of the dumbest words ever. The penultimate game of the regular season. And it means less than nothing. Less than nothing. Pelicans are eliminated. Zion's not playing. Sacramento Kings are eliminated. De'Aaron Fox isn't playing. Rashawn Holmes isn't playing. Do we even have to watch? I mean, no, no, no front. No joke. Like, do we have to watch this? Do, do we lose, like, a fandom card? Like, if we, if we don't watch, if we all collectively... Right, all of us, because if one person breaks, we all lose. If we collectively make the decision not to watch, and I don't talk about it tomorrow, did it even happen? I mean, think about it. I think that's, it's, what's the line? If a tree falls in a forest, doesn't make a noise. If the Kings play and none of us watch, does it really happen? I think that's legit. And I think if we all, right now, as we're all listening to this, as soon as as long as you're listening to this, before 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, if we all make the commitment to not watch this abomination that is going to take place tonight, I don't have to talk about it. And if you don't watch it, and I don't watch it, tomorrow's a great day. We, we just wake up, it's hump day, it's Wednesday, we find a sports story to talk about. Maybe we talk about the, oh, there's a great earlier game, what is it? Uh, oh, what is it? Mavericks and Blazers. Talk about that. The Suns might be 7-0 and by that point. They got the Philadelphia 76ers today, that's a great story. It's a great story that sprinkles a little bit of salt in the wound of the Sacramento Kings fan base, but we'll talk about that in a minute. We could find something positive to talk about. But someone's going to break. Is it going to be you? Or someone's going to insist on watching. And I don't know why we have to insist on watching this. But the Kings do play the Pelicans today. Again, the game is, it's, it's meaningless. No, we've, got, we've got no Zion. I mean, TNT isn't, isn't even going to get Zion Williamson. There's no way to really flex out of it because there's another game taking place, actually, at the same time. I looked this up to think, why don't they just get out of, the, out of, out of this game? Uh, the reason that they don't get out of the game is because the 
other game taking place on the other court at the same exact time is a game that involves the Washington Wizards. So it's kind of like you're left with, all right, what, 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 what do we do here? The other 6 o'clock game tonight is the Bucks and the Wizards. And given the fact that the Bucks are playing the Wizards, uh, I don't think you're really going out on a limb if you play or if you say Giannis Antetokounmpo doesn't play tonight, or you go out on a limb and say Giannis Antetokounmpo isn't playing big minutes tonight. By big minutes, I mean anything more than like 15. I mean, maybe you... See, you would have had to flex, because that's the only other game at 6 o'clock. You would have had to flex, and you would have had to go on to Phoenix and say, okay, instead of playing at 1.30, you're playing it at 6. Or in in Orlando's case, instead of playing at 4.30, you're playing it at 9. And Joel Embiid isn't playing in the in the Suns-Philly game today. There's Houston and San Antonio today as well, which I, I, I that's a good game. Uh, Boston and Memphis, that game is it's important for Memphis. Uh, and as we mentioned, Portland and Dallas. So those are the games coming up today in addition to the ones... Uh, that we already noted. I, you know, th- there's just going to be. I, I don't know how much speculation there really is going to be re- regarding, you know, the Kings. You know, Luke Walton said uh, we're not there as a team. Unfortunately, the best and only way to really learn that lesson is to feel the pain, and that pain's got to mean enough. It's got to hurt enough that we're willing to make changes. So, I, 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 I don't know. Luke is is a unique guy. I've said that before. I feel like I've I've got that on loop when talking about Luke Walton. But he's talking about you know you've you've got to feel the hurt and then the hurt will make you change. So in this probably is me being a critic, but he's putting the onus on his players, right? If unless I'm wrong, he's saying we're we're not there as a team. Um, we've got to learn this lesson through pain. He doesn't mention himself. He doesn't mention the things that he has to do better. And I think that there's a lot that he has to do better. De'Aaron Fox said after the game against the Rockets, quote, it's going to take a lot more work, uh, but that's what we're here for. Uh, We're here to win games, uh, but we've got to pull it together completely, end quote. Again, that's De'Aaron Fox following the loss against the Houston Rockets a couple of nights ago. So there's going to be a lot of speculation. The draft lottery is, it's like right around the corner. The draft lottery where the Kings currently sit in purgatory, a.k.a. 12th, uh, is set for August 20th. So nine days from the day that this is being recording, uh, recorded, excuse me, the draft lottery will take place. And then the NBA draft will be on October 16th. Uh, free agency will begin two days later. And, you know, I don't know when the season's going to start. Right now, the modified collective bargaining agreement that was signed to get this bubble underway uh, has the season starting on December 1st. It was noted that that was almost certainly going to change. It was a tentative date. The NBA needed a target date, and the NBA Players Association agreed to it with a caveat that that would likely change, and it's not going to move earlier. It's almost certainly going to move later. Most people don't see the 2021 season 
beginning anytime in 2020. And if it does, I can't imagine that it begins before Christmas. Because right now, the belief is the season will begin. Right now, the, the way it's laid out is the season will begin December 1st, which means training camp will get underway in November. I think the ideal situation for the NBA is a December 25th start, and then perhaps if you you know really condense it a little bit, you have training camp beginning December 1st. So it gives players, teams, a little, a little bit longer. Maybe you're shortening training camp by like less than a week if you start the season 24 days later, which I think start on Christmas Day. Everybody loves Christmas Day basketball. I don't think they want to miss Christmas Day basketball. Um, I think that's important for television. I mean, that's five primetime games right there. Or, you, you know what I mean by not, not literally primetime games, but those are five big-time games on Christmas Day. So I don't think they want to miss that day, uh, but how they navigate this will be interesting. I think that formula works, and maybe they want to start later than that. Maybe maybe they're looking at like a February 1st start, and we're talking about. I don't think they want to shrink the season that much. I think they're willing to shrink the season quite a bit, but I don't think they're willing to shrink it that much. I think we could see something in the range of 60-some-odd games. I think in the strike-shortened season uh, from several years ago, it was 66 so I think we might be looking at something like that. I don't think we're looking at anything smaller than that. And then, of course, the question will be, uh, it's almost certainly going to take place in a bubble. It's just, is it going to take place in a bubble, which seems far-fetched, or is it going to take place in multiple regional bubbles, which seems uh, a lot more likely uh, with bubbles set up in probably, you know, in the West Coast area, in the East Coast area, probably somewhere in the South. Maybe... I think three would work, four would probably be best, uh, but but we'll see. The NBA has 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 a lot of work to do. Uh, Major League Baseball is kicking around the idea of a playoff bubble, which we'll talk a lot uh, a little bit about here in a heartbeat. Uh, we'll run over the NBA highlights from last night. I don't know what else there is to add to the Kings game. I, I was this was obviously one we 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 had the two Pelicans games circled. Um, I could tell you full transparency. I didn't see the Kings being eliminated. I saw the Kings potentially being eliminated today, but I didn't see the Kings being eliminated going into the game. Just uh yeah, you know, I don't want to I don't want to be dramatic and call it catastrophic the way that this restart has started. A catastrophic restart probably would have involved a a, a major injury that knocks somebody out, particularly like a De'Aaron Fox or a Bogdan Bogdanovich for a big chunk of next season. Uh, we haven't experienced anything like that, knock on wood. It's just been, you, 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 you could, I mean, they, they have been awful. They have been absolutely awful. But all eyes will shift in terms of this Western Conference chase, uh, the Portland Trailblazers and the Phoenix Suns. Both teams, and, and the San Antonio Spurs are right there in it as well. Uh, both teams uh, have an opportunity to catch up with Portland who's got the opportunity to catch up with Memphis. Memphis has, there's, I mean, with, with two games left, Memphis has not clinched uh, an eight or nine. They can very much fall out of the eight or nine spot uh, with, with, with the right set of things happening. They play Boston today. I know Kemba Walker's not 100%. I know the Boston Celtics aren't 100%, but still they play Boston. 
Phoenix is playing Philadelphia today without Joel Embiid. That's going to be a tough matchup. No Joel Embiid, obviously no Ben Simmons. It's not going to be any Ben Simmons for the remainder of the 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 season, the, the, the entire season, the playoffs included for the Philadelphia 76ers. But the way Phoenix is playing, suddenly that looks like a winnable game. I have my doubts, but, dude, they're 6-0. and And then you've got Houston and San Antonio. That's a game that San Antonio is going to have to get. So every team is in a you know must-win situation with all three of them having really difficult matchups. All four of them, really, if you count Portland as well, who's got the matchup against the Dallas Mavericks today. Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis did not play last night. So that's certainly going to affect that game a little bit. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. Let's talk about the Suns. The Suns, who moved to 6-0 and yesterday, they beat the Oklahoma City Thunder 128-101. to Phoenix's six-game winning streak is its longest since December of 2014 when the team also won six consecutive games. There was only a 0.3% chance for the Suns to start 6-0 according to ESPN's Basketball Power Index. That figure was so low because the Suns were underdogs in five of the six games that they've already played, including each of the last five. Devin Booker has been extraordinary in the bubble. 35 points yesterday. It's his 15th 35-point game of the season. Um, But more importantly... And Kings fans avert your ears or skip, you know, hit the, hit the little forward jump button because you're really not going to like this. Although it was extremely predictable, you're not going to like this. Since the restart, the Suns have had the second best defensive efficiency in the NBA. They're holding teams to 104.5 points per 100 possessions. There is one team better than them. One. And it is the reigning, defending, Nick Nurse-led Toronto Raptors. The Suns are contesting, according to Second Spectrum. These stats get in there. They get in the weeds a little bit. But the Suns are contesting on 90% of their shots. On 90% of their opponent's shots, they're contesting them. That is a phenomenal number. That's absolutely incredible. How is that even possible? Go watch a Kings game. Not tonight. Don't watch that one. Go watch an old one. Go watch one from Sunday. Go watch, go watch the Rockets game. Hell, even go back and watch the one that they won against New Orleans. And tell me you see contesting on 90% of the shots taken. Tell me you see contesting on over half of the shots that were taken. Monty Williams has got this team buying in. And it's weird. It's this weird thing that, that that's happening. The offense is still functioning efficiently as the defense continues to get better. Now we, it's, it's I know, I know. I heard, I could feel your collective gasps when you heard that a team got better defensively without sacrificing their offensive proficiency. I know, I know it's crazy. 
It's weird. It's weird because here in Sacramento, we were taught, well, well, we, we, you can't, you can't do both. We have got to get better defensively. We're playing playoff basketball all year long. We have got to get better on the defensive end. And in order to do that, we've got to slow the pace down and not have that same offensive proficiency that we had last season. Oh, okay. So you're going to put like all of this effort onto the defensive side of the ball. And so you're going to sacrifice on the offensive end. All right. In theory, it makes sense, except when you see a team go out there and execute both. Now, are the Phoenix Suns running as the fastest team in the league? No. Are the Phoenix Suns running as one of the fastest teams in the league? No. But are they running as an offensive efficiency, uh, a team with offensive efficiency? Yes. And I just gave you the stat about them being the second best defensive team, uh, defensive efficiency team in the league. Oh, this hurts so bad. I feel like Sidney Dean. It hurts. It hurts. Because I wanted my Monty Williams. That's why it hurts. Ugh. Show's over. Delbuns.com. Deuce and Mo. J Street Vibes. Actually, we don't have to end the show. We just need to move on to something else. Phoenix Suns, as an NBA fan, is just an, it's, it's, it's a feel-good story. It's a phenomenal story. We all, especially me, especially me, overlooked them, overlooked... Hell, I overlooked the three teams that are competing. I thought, like a dumbass, the two teams that would be competing for the seventh... Or really for the ninth spot... Uh, are the two teams that are playing tonight on TNT with absolutely nothing at stake. Meanwhile, keep an eye on the scoreboard the rest of the day or just put your league pass on because the Spurs, the Suns, the Blazers, and the Grizzlies all have very, very meaningful games. Right now, the way it shapes out, as you all know, the Los Angeles Lakers are locked in at number one. The Los Angeles Clippers are now locked in at number two. Uh, there is a scenario where Denver and Houston switches places. Uh, there is a scenario where Houston and Oklahoma City switch places. Uh, that one I don't see happening. Uh, most of these I don't see happening. I think the way it shapes out is we're going to have the Lakers, Clippers. Uh, I, in fact, I'll do it uh, in, a, in a better way. I'll give you the first round matchups. Uh, the Lakers versus, I, I, I can't call it. But I, we're definitely getting a play-in, that's for sure. We're definitely getting the first-ever NBA play-in. Uh, so it'll be the Lakers versus one of those teams that we just mentioned. It'll be the Clippers. Um, oh, this is tough. I, I'm gonna, I think it's going to be the Clippers versus the Mavericks, the Nuggets versus the Jazz, and the Rockets versus the Thunder, which is a hell of a first-round matchup. Can you imagine? And it is very, very real. Can you imagine the Oklahoma City Thunder beating the Houston Rockets? The Chris Paul-led Oklahoma City Thunder. The Chris Paul, who was, remember, he, we, we all thought he was going to get bought out. He was never going to play a game for Oklahoma City. I think there was a conversation that Chris Paul wasn't going to play in Oklahoma City. And then Sam Presti talked to him, Billy Donovan talked to him, said, hey, why don't, why don't you give it a shot this year? Let's see what happens. We're committed to winning, and I have to believe that that was what was said. We're not rebuilding the way that people think we are. We've already rebuilt. The fact that Russell Westbrook wanted out of here allowed us to retool this team in a way. The fact that 
Paul George wanted to go play with Kawhi in Los Angeles allowed us to retool this team immediately while still grabbing building blocks for the future. I think that's what they said to Chris Paul to sell him. To sell him on playing with Oklahoma City and not being a part of any buyout or anything along those lines. And look at where they at. The Houston Rockets right now with James Harden and Russell Westbrook are 44 and 25. The Oklahoma City Thunder are 43 and 27. And the Oklahoma City Thunder, man, give Billy Donovan the head coach of the year award, please. Another one. You eat your bad takes, and that one, I was wrong about Billy Donovan. I was absolutely wrong uh, about Billy Donovan. Uh, let's see what, what was some of the other NBA highlights we got out of Orlando yesterday. I'm sure many of you saw. Kyle Kuzma is now knocking down game winners. That's fun. Uh, he had a three-pointer with 0.7 seconds left to give the Lakers a 124-121 victory against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, it was Kuzma's first go-ahead shot inside the final five seconds and the latest game-winning three-pointer by a Lakers since Kobe Bryant uh, did it on January 1st, 10 years ago, 2010, against, anybody remember? Against the Sacramento Kings with 0.1 seconds left. Uh, the Lakers were one of nine on go-ahead shots inside the final five seconds over the last two seasons. There were only two teams that were worse than the Lakers in the final five seconds of close games. The Mavericks and the Knicks. Yesterday, Monday, also marked the first time that the Lakers finished with uh, three 25-plus point scores as LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Kyle Kuzma all topped that mark. The last Laker trio to do it was Kobe Bryant, Powell Gasol, and Dwight Howard at the end of the 2013 season. Actually, the last game that they did it was against the Warriors on April 12th. It was the game that Kobe tore his Achilles. Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis uh, did not play last night, as we noted earlier. They were out of the lineup. Uh, but they managed a 22-point comeback. They were down 22 points with uh, 10 minutes left in the third quarter. Came back to beat the Jazz 122 to 114. The Mavs were dominant in the fourth quarter. They shot 78% from the field in the final 12 minutes, and they outscored the Jazz 34 to 14 to go on and get that victory. So uh, a fun night in the NBA rounded out. We mentioned uh, Phoenix beating Oklahoma City. Uh, Toronto beat Milwaukee yesterday, and we saw the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler, uh, who's back uh, in the bubble after missing three games, uh, 114 to 92, they beat the Indiana Pacers. And of course, uh, the Lakers game that we just noted there. We already ran down the lineup of games today. Brooklyn and Orlando also play, but the schedule is really highlighted uh, by these Western Conference teams competing for the eighth and ninth spot as you've got San Antonio taking on Houston. You've got Phoenix taking on Philadelphia. You've got Memphis taking on Boston. And you've got Portland taking on Dallas. Those are all extremely critical games uh, for that eighth and ninth spot. And I can't wait to see when all of that shakes out tonight what the scenarios are uh, for each team heading in to the final game of the regular season. I don't know if you saw the story either. After that game, anyone who is eliminated, like you're out. Like they... they they throw your ass out immediately. Like the Sacramento Kings, so they know that this game, the NBA knows this game 
means nothing. And this is why I was wondering, I was so curious as to why I thought I, I assumed that it had to do with like television purposes. But when the schedule was announced, the, the games on the final day didn't have a time. And I thought, okay, okay I, I, I guess this is just for TV purposes, but like, that's fine. It, it makes a, and I'm sure there's, there's a, I'm, I'm sure that that's absolutely the case as well. But the teams that are eliminated, you don't even go back to your room when the game is over. You go home. Like, they ship you straight out of there. You will play your final game, and then as soon as it's over, uh, you're taken to, like, a, like a, like a, a separate hotel, like a, like a completely separate hotel. Uh, you'll shower. You'll get food, and then you'll get on the plane, and then you're out. That'll happen for six teams uh, on Thursday and Friday. And the Kings' final game of the regular season is against the Lakers. We, we knew that. It's a 10-30 start. So the Sacramento Kings uh, will be back in Sacramento on Thursday night. Uh, other games over the final two days of, of the season, uh, the Wizards and the Celtics, Kings and the Lakers, obviously. The, even, if, even if the Stars don't play, it's the Bucks and the Grizzlies. Holy crap. The Mavericks and the Suns, the Spurs and the Jazz, the Blazers and the Nets, the Pelicans and the Magic. Uh, that game does not matter. And then Friday will conclude... Uh, the seeding games with the Nuggets and the Raptors, no significance there. Heat and the Pacers, Thunder, Clippers, and the 76ers and the Rockets. So, as we look at that now, as we look at the Thursday schedule and the Friday schedule, it doesn't appear, unless I'm missing something, that there is any consequence to the Friday games. We will know who is eighth, and we will know who is ninth on Thursday night. With the last game being, looks like the last game of any meeting will be the Trailblazers and the Nets. So the Suns will have played earlier in the day, and the Grizzlies will be playing at the same time as the Suns are. Spurs will be playing shortly thereafter when they take on the Jazz. So Thursday is going to be a lot of fun. Not going to include the Sacramento Kings, but just as basketball fans, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Because all of those games, I got to imagine, are going to have some meaning. And a lot of that may very well depend on what happens tonight. Because every single one of those teams uh, plays tonight as well. No word yet on if the Oakland A's, uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim game has ended. I feel like it's, it's still happening. It was the longest game in Major League Baseball history. And I'm being completely um, facetious as that was... Uh, one of the I don't know how I wound up on the game for so long. I check in with baseball every day, but normally a basketball game gets underway and I I flip it. Baseball is not something I two screen with unless it's you know it's it's super meaningful. I rarely two screen with baseball. I don't know how I got trapped on this A's Angels game, but these two teams. Teams were scoring some serious runs. It was never dull, and I and I just I just got wrapped up in it. They, and of course, I'm being sarcastic. Uh, Angels got the win yesterday, uh, ten to nine. 
uh, as they scored the go-ahead run in the bottom of the eighth inning. And, of course, it was Mike Trout who hit a home run that has yet to land uh, to give the Angels that go-ahead run right there. But the A's have had a fantastic start to the season at 12-5. and Giants fans, uh, not the same luck. Your team is 7-11, and 11, uh, and they lose yesterday to the cheating Astros, 6-4. to four. I love, I know I said this yesterday, I love the fact that the Astros are getting in uh, fights in, in, in every series. But can we, we, we we're, we're all like, like we're all in on the, the joke, right? That baseball fights are the fakest thing on the planet. Like they're faker than WWE. And you don't use the fake word. You don't use the F word. With WWE, it's choreographed entertainment. It's sports entertainment, pal. That's what baseball fights are. Baseball fights are sports entertainment. No one ever, rarely, I take that back, rarely does anyone ever want to actually land a punch. And there are certainly circumstances in which that is not accurate. But rarely does anybody ever really want to get in a fight. Like when you look at that sucker Astros manager, and he's like, He's like challenging, like he's trying to instigate the fight. And then he immediately like takes a step back behind his players. It's so phony. It's indicative of what baseball quote fights are and have always been. But dude, come on. Stop it. Stop it. There's such a waste of time too. It's like, all right, everybody's got to run out there on the field and we've got to sit here and wait for the next 10 minutes for umpires to talk and everybody to clear off and then continue to jaw jack as if they're going to do anything. They're like, baseball is the epitome of like, hold me back, hold me back. Uh, baseball has finally realized that, hey, maybe this bubble idea is the way to go. Major League Baseball has had preliminary discussions about holding its postseason in a bubble-type format after the coronavirus outbreaks uh, with the St. Louis Cardinals and the Miami Marlins. Now, that has absolutely torn up the regular season schedule with the amount of games that have been canceled uh, because of those two teams and their outbreaks. But there's something else that I want to point out before we get into the to the actual the conversations that Major League Baseball is having about the bubble. The Since the season began, so I guess this is... This is the positive for Major League Baseball, and I'm sure that this is what the NFL is hanging all of its hopes on. Since the season began, the positive tests have been limited to the Cardinals and the Marlins' outbreaks. So that's, that's, that's a positive. The outbreaks within a team were, well, obviously we know the Marlins was, was damn near catastrophic. It damn near shut down the league. Uh, Cardinals... It, it, it was bad, too. It wasn't as bad as Miami, but it, it, it's bad, and it's bad that Major League Baseball has had two very sizable outbreaks uh, when you consider uh, that the NBA in their format has had none. Here's the part that I'm, I have, I'm all in my feelings over. I read Derek Jeter's statement to you last week about, um, well, we... We weren't out at the clubs. You know, guys got a little lazy with protocol. It's not like we were running around Atlanta. We just did a few things here and there that maybe we shouldn't have done. Um, the Cardinals have essentially done the same thing. Both, both organizations have acknowledged that the spread of the virus was because of, you know, they, they didn't really adhere 
to the protocols that had been agreed upon by the league and the players. Unless I missed it. And if I did, you know, forgive me for not being on top of this story because I have absolutely been looking out for it. And if I missed it, please forgive me. Shouldn't these organizations be fined? And I mean massively fined. Like you have two organizations that have nearly shut down. Imagine if the league were shut down because of the Marlins and their lax approach to protocols. Imagine if the league were shut down because of the St. Louis Cardinals and their lax to protocols. Their lax adherence to protocols. You know that the Major League Baseball loses billions of dollars in postseason revenue, in postseason television revenue, if it doesn't get played. Which is why, which is why it's funny they're 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 now considering uh, going to a bubble in the postseason format. Now, not to be too down on Major League Baseball, this was a conversation several months ago during that ridiculous several weeks of negotiation that the Major League Baseball Players Association and Major League Baseball had in terms of restarting the season. There was a, at least a proposed thought. I don't know that there was a full-on proposal, but there was a, 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 a proposed thought about operating the entire season, the entire 60-game season, within some bubble. And from what has been reported... It was the Players Association that balked at it. It was the Players Association that said, nah, this ain't it. This ain't going to be it. So, I don't know. You, you could think that of, of, of what you will, but obviously baseball is extremely concerned about potentially losing a postseason revenue as, as they should be. It's more than a billion dollars. And they've expanded these playoffs one, expanded revenue. And two, it 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 helps with the regular season, helps intrigue for the regular season. There's gonna be some some bad teams getting into the playoffs. Ugh, that's fine. But they are they, they're gonna have this 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 format for the sixteen teams and you're gonna have, you know, the Turner Networks all in and that's good stuff. You can't afford for anything to go wrong. You've had two organizations, two, acknowledge, yeah, we, we, we blew it. We were lazy. And maybe you can't find them because of how much money the league as a total is losing. Oh, but man, you got two organizations just openly acknowledging, eh, not really. We, 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 we weren't going by the protocols. And it doesn't matter if, you know, if even if Derek Jeter's sentiments were accurate, even if, you know, Derek Jeter was 100% truthful in his statement that the team wasn't running around and partying it up in Atlanta, it doesn't matter. Just, just put a mask on and go about your business. Even if you're going to a friend's house to, or even if you're going to pick up food or even if you're going to pick up clothes or whatever excuses that Derek Jeter gave, just, just put a mask on. You've got literally each player, every single Major League Baseball player, every single Major League Baseball manager, Every single member of the Major League Baseball traveling party. The entire league rides on your shoulders. Each and every single one of them. The entire league rides on their shoulders. The income of every other Major League Baseball player is dependent on each of them. Because they could be the one who goes out 
and has a lax approach to social distancing or wearing a mask or whatever the case is. And then they go back into the dugout, into the locker room, and they're responsible for an outbreak that doesn't get picked up on the first day and then it gets sent over to their opponents. I mean, the fact that the Philadelphia Phillies didn't have, you know, a massive outbreak after that series with Miami. Come on, man. I, I just, I don't know. I, I'll leave that alone. Here's a story I read yesterday. There's going to be a lot of talk about college football yesterday. Or, excuse me, there's going to be a lot of talk about college football this week. I read this story yesterday. Uh, the Big Ten, who, if you recall, here on the show, I think last week, we talked about uh, they had put together a conference-only schedule. And it's just, what was it? It was like Saturday that the the heads of the five families of the Scranton Business Park, uh, or in this case, the heads of the five power conferences, Uh, They got together, and while no explicit details were released of the phone call, it was pretty well acknowledged by a number of people that there is a very strong possibility, a very, very real possibility that the season is going to be canceled. The entire college football season is going to be canceled, and that the Big Five are going to operate, the Power Five, excuse me, are going to operate in unison. Now there's been there have been uh, reports that various conferences. Well, if we, you know we can operate independently of ourselves, and of course Nick Saban says, "Oh, these kids are better with us. They're they're safer with us. We can keep them from you know um, going to parties, and we can put restrictions on them, and then they're, they're just safer safer when we're collectively together as a football team." Like Nick Saban's a guy like and Harbaugh is doing the same thing. Like Harbaugh is citing facts as to why the football season should go on. And then you've got Donald tweeting about college football. Let them play like, oh, play college football. Like that's a man. If college football is so vital to America, maybe you should pay him. If college football is so vital to the function of this country. Maybe we should make sure that the that the athletes who are playing are compensated. And please, if you have the lame ass take that their tuition is enough, keep it to yourself because you're going to sound stupid. And the reason you're going to sound stupid is if you are the president of a billion dollar industry and you make forty thousand dollars a year. You are bad at negotiating, uh, and you have no idea your worth. If you just take the, oh, I'm happy to be here. Like, they they pay for my parking. You know, that parking garage is $200 a month, and I get the prime spot right next to the elevator. Oh, I'm happy to be here, folks. Yeah, my company is worth $2.7 billion. Yeah, we're a publicly traded company. I'm the president. I make $38,000 a year. I've got a house. I've got a family. Hell, even if you made $60,000 a year, if you made $80,000 a year, if you are the president of a billion-dollar industry and you make anything less than hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, you need a new lawyer or you need a new agent or you need better negotiating skills. That's what these players are. These players are the driving force behind a billions of dollars industry. 
and to compensate them with a tuition each year is not enough. It's a good start, but it's not enough. And that's got to be fixed. And if you're going to tweet about or talk about or write about the importance of college football, then the importance, particularly of college football, to America. Well, okay. Cool. Step one, pay the athletes. And then you could go from there. But I think this week we'll hear that college football is not taking place, which is understandable. Uh, it's the right call. But as a massive college football fan, this sucks. Bad. I love college football. Um, but I, I mean, I completely understand uh, why it's not happening and believe 1,000% that it should not happen. Not in any way, shape, or form. Not conference exclusive. Not in any sort of campus bubble. Nothing. I understand that the athletes want to play. Of course the athletes want to play. They're athletes. They're competitive. Most athletes who tear their ACLs, they want to play. Most athletes who suffer some sort of injury in which they think they can still walk, want to play. Football players, for decades, have been getting their brains scrambled. They have been virtually unconscious on many, many, many Sundays. But they want to play. That's what athletes do. That's what athletes are. They are competitive. They are driven. And they want to be out there and play. In this case, the governing bodies, and I use that term extremely loosely, the governing bodies need to step in and say, we're, we're sorry. We're going to lose just an unfathomable amount of money this year, but we can't risk your health. And now there's reports that there's long-term health concerns. Here's where I was going when I was talking about the, the Big Ten uh, and the conference schedule that they announced this week only to change courses this past weekend. Doctors, ESPN is reporting this, by the way, uh, that doctors have diagnosed at least five Big Ten athletes uh, as well as uh, several athletes in other conferences with a rare heart condition that they think is linked to COVID-19. The inflammation of the heart muscle, and I think we talked about this in an NFL player last week. The uh, No, not NFL, um, baseball. The inflammation of the heart muscle is usually caused by a viral infection. It's called myocarditis. And if it's left undiagnosed and untreated, it can cause heart damage and cardiac arrest. This is obviously a viral infection. That's what COVID-19 is. And there is a link uh, between the heart inflammation and the COVID-19 virus. The studies are obviously very limited, as with any studies related to COVID-19. But the fact that five, the fact that five, at least five Big Ten athletes and other athletes and other conferences uh, have, uh, have, have found, uh, have been diagnosed with this heart condition uh, should give some, some grave concern for these conferences as there's no long-term health care plan for these athletes. And the athletes 
long-term health. These, I feel like sometimes we use the word athletes and we lose our minds. These human beings who play sports, their long-term health is significantly more important uh, than the college football season. And the college football industry is going to be like every other industry who's going to have to figure out uh, during this time how to uh, manage the losses uh, coming their way uh, for the remainder of 2020. And all we can do is just hope and pray the leadership of this country will have us out of this uh, at some time in 2021. But I'm sure many of you, like, I'm, I'm so curious, like, how many of you are still working at home? Uh, how many of you are, are you know, still kind of, you know, navigating the same waters that we were navigating back in the middle of March? Like, I know a lot of companies are, are uh, they're, they're working from home for the remainder of the year. Some companies uh, that I have, you know, friends who have worked for, they've announced they're not uh, returning to work until at the earliest next spring. So, you know, it the college, you know, just because college football is on a grand stage and just because college football has a lot of eyes on it uh, doesn't mean that uh, they're not an industry that needs to navigate uh, through this wild time that we're in and the losses that their industry is going to suffer. There are a lot of industries uh, that are suffering massive, massive losses. And those industries, unlike college football, are not going to be able to recover as quickly. So I'm sad college football. I'm sad that it appears college football won't be around this year, but it is 100% the right call. And I'd imagine after that is announced, it's only a short time before the cancellation of the college basketball season uh, is upon us. I appreciate you as always for tuning in. Appreciate you for your support here at the podcast. Make sure you check out the latest episode of the Deuce and Mo podcast, as well as J Street Vibes. Uh, the Dope Ones podcast, all available here on the Be Heard podcast platform. I thank you for your support of that. We're looking to add new shows. I'm telling you, man, dealing with some of these younger talents, man, makes me want to just throw my head against the wall. I can't imagine having kids. And some of these, and, and I'm not going to refer to grown men because uh, grown men and women, because the people that we're working with, some of them are grown. But man, they are taking their sweet little time. They, they want everything to be perfect in their introduction to the Be Heard platform gotta have this and we've got to have that and it's like hey fam just give me a sample podcast that we can listen to give you a little give you a little guidance on and and get you out there into the world uh, but we've got some new additions that we're obviously very excited about to the be heard platform uh coming up very very soon if you want to connect with the show number still live 916-888-5898 another day has passed in which i haven't gotten to tell you about my future plans and i have no idea when or if i'm ever going to be able to tell you all i can tell you is august 17th and i'll continue to add to that as the days go along but uh i'm still waiting for the go-ahead hopefully that happens here pretty soon Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Head over and check out the rest of the podcast on Be Heard. Head over to thedopeones.com. I forgot to mention that. Use the promo code AUG1, August 1. AUG1. That'll get you 20% off your order. Go get all the Be Heard gear. And we'll see you here tomorrow on the podcast with Damian Barlin.